All right, welcome everybody to Centered Sunday Podcast. And today I have the beautiful Tiffany Nobles who's going to share a lot about her business, grant writing for for-profit and nonprofit businesses, and what she just loves to do. Tiffany, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. You're always, so welcome. Always good to talk to you. Yes, even though I can hear it in your voice. <laughs> so I'm just going to say it, guys. You guys have heard from her in a previous podcast. She didn't want to get on the first podcast. <laughs> she did want to do the second one, but she has a love for the people and to help and to serve. So I think that's what um, convinces her. She said she likes me, but I don't know sometimes if y'all can see her face. <laughs> y'all can see her face right now. I don't know, but she's here. So I want y'all to get your paper and your pen out to take notes she's going to be dropping some gems. So first things first, Tiffany, tell us about your business and what you do and who you serve. So at Team Nobles Grant Consulting, um, I use uh, the transformative power of words because words mean a lot. Um, but I use the transformative power of words to alleviate the stress that can come from grant seeking uh, for both nonprofits and small businesses. All right. So you focus on small business. Now, how small is small? Are we talking like one person? Are we talking about under 100,000? Like, give us a little bit of a range so we're understanding who you serve. Um, so right now it's been, I have a couple of small business clients. It's like one person. Um, I also have one that has, they have, they just hired their fourth staff member. So they have four people. Okay. Um, so truly, truly, truly small. Um, and in terms of grants, that's usually where the funding is going is to much smaller businesses to help with startup or things like that. So I'm still testing the waters with that based on the push that you gave me a few months ago. So working on working on getting out there, but, um, you know, very, 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 very small in terms of size. Okay, so that gives us hope, right, for all of the small business owners. Like, we can, yes. you could have it even just one person, and they could still work with you to look for grants for their business. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay, so let's let's dive in. Um, we'll take it one at a time. So, or maybe they're the same. So, for the for profit and the nonprofit side, what do you need as a small business to prepare to receive grants? So. The, first, I'll say the biggest difference is that with nonprofits, it's usually a nonprofit organization and then it's small business. So they're not really kind of seen, you know, as much as the same. But um, with businesses, you, I guess the, the easier way would be to do the, the, uh, the reverse. So with a nonprofit, you would normally need to have like a 501c3 tax exempt status or something like that. That would be the mm -hmm. first thing that you would need. And then, you know, all the things that are required according to that. For a for-profit business, you don't need those things. Um, normally grants that are out there are for startup businesses. So if you're out there, you're just getting started and looking to, whether it's, you know, expand a little bit and get some staff, as a startup or you're looking for, you need to buy a building to do, you know, whatever, or you need to buy some equipment to do whatever your service is or to produce your products. Um, those are the types of grants that are out there. And so you would just need, you know, to have all your legal steps in order saying that you are a business because um, they're going to ask you for those types of things. Um, and so that'll go according to both federal law and whatever the law is where, wherever you are operating. Um, and so you want to know those things. So if you don't know, find a good attorney, 
<laughs> to make sure that all your all your ducks are in a row. I'm not it. <laughs> right. Yes. I have a lot of people that that think that grant writers know a lot. And I've also found lately that a lot of attorneys that I know will tell me that people think because they are attorneys that they automatically know how to do grants. And they're like, we both like to use words, but not in the same way. So, (laughs) um, but yeah, you just need to, you know, make sure everything is in a row. I always, I always tell people, make sure all your ducks are in a row and make sure they are all ducks because some people will be like, oh, I have, you know, this thing. And I'm like, what what is that? That doesn't do anything. That's not connected to what you do. Um, You don't want to try to do more than you can manage. So if you are one person, don't try to manage something that it would really take 10 people unless you can get those 10 people and you have the capacity to deal with those 10 people, both, you know, physical capacity and mental capacity to deal with all of those people. Um, There's also grants out there a lot of times for, scaling up. So maybe you've been operating for a while, you've only had, you know, a couple of people helping you, and now you want to go bigger. Um, If you are, um, I find this woman I met recently, she makes like body butters and lip gloss, and she sells them. She makes them all by hand. She sells them. She's been doing that out of the basement of her home. Mm -hmm. But now production is, you know, sales are going really well, and she needs to produce a lot more, and her basement can't hold it all. So now she needs to scale up and be able to get the like space to not only just produce her stuff, but she also wants to have maybe like a storefront and actually sell her products so people can come in. So sometimes there are grants where you can do that same thing. You're for, okay. you're you're scaling up, expanding. Uh, maybe you have one store, so you go from one coffee shop. Now you you know you some big you got another coffee shop on the other side of town. You know, or renovating the building that you're in. If you own the building and you want to renovate. You know, stick to the coffee theme. If you doing coffee shop, and all of a sudden now you're like, you know what? It's the middle of the pandemic. Still, we don't want people coming inside. We're gonna add a drive-through on here. We're gonna renovate this and, and do it. We can get people through faster. So, just looking at where you are and also where you want to go, not just the present. You want to always be planning for the future, and that's something that's similar across businesses and nonprofits. I tell mm-hmm. my clients on all ends: don't just think about where you are right now, um, but where you want to learn. Go. Right. And learn from where you came from. So don't just be like, oh, that was yesterday. That was last year. So I'm going to ignore that. Like, no, you want to make sure <laughs> you're still learning from that. And what, what yeah. do you need to correct? You know, things like that. Okay. So on the nonprofit side, one of the questions that I often get asked is if I'm a brand new nonprofit, um, maybe I want to feed the homeless or maybe I want to help uh, women that are abused or something of that nature but I don't have an actual program running yet. Like this is a desire. I went and got this 501c3. I got all the legal stuff done. Can I still apply for a grant? And if not, what do I need? Like what kind of receipts, so to speak, do I need in order to qualify for that? Mm-hmm. Um, so short answer to can you apply as a, as a new nonprofit that doesn't have a program running yet? It depends. That's the short answer. Okay. It depends on the funder because some funders are only interested. They may be interested in funding something that's new. If you're meeting a need that's not being met by somebody else, or maybe it's being met, but not a hundred percent because there's so much. So homelessness is definitely feeding the homeless that's or housing the homeless or whatever. That's, that's a big thing for one entity to deal with. So that's why you see multiple organizations doing it. Mm-hmm. So you could possibly find somebody that says, you know, we've given money to this organization, but 
there's still a bunch of people over here that that organization can't take care of. So we'll also give money to you so that you can do that. So that is a possibility. The biggest thing you need to do is do your homework. Know who else is doing what you do. Mm, Because when it comes time to send a proposal into the funder or even talk to the funder, they're going to ask you. They may not come right out and say, who else is doing this? Some of them actually do. They want to know who are your competitors, who are your partners or whatever. You need to be able to answer that. You need to be able to tell your story of why I can do this better if you're not already doing it, if you're already doing it, why you are doing it better or why they should support you over that other group or in addition to that other group. Because they may already be supporting that group, but why should they also support you? And if you are like, well, because I have a good heart. Well, that's good, but that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> right, that's not <laughs> enough. And I actually have people that tell me that. Well, I've just always felt like this has really been something I've been led to calling. Do. I'm supposed to serve. Like, well, God said, well, I mean, maybe he did. But did he also tell you to get all your stuff together? Because I'm pretty sure that's how he works too. So, you know, just saying. Yeah. But, You want to make sure you're looking at that. I have a lot of people who cannot tell me who else is doing the same, providing the same services in their, in their area. I'm not saying you need to know who's on the other side of town or on the other side of the state. Is there anyone in your neighborhood that is doing this exact same thing? Like a 10 mile, 20 mile radius. What are we talking here? I mean, you could, you could do 10 miles. You could do, you know, if you're depending, you want to look, you want to, I say, start like. You can start with 10 miles and see what comes up. Mm-hmm. And this is really one of those times when I say to people, they're like, well, how do I find out? Google it. Like you literally can go to like search, do an online search of in your area, in your particular zip code, in your in a 10 mile radius, like who else is doing this? And then you can figure out, can I, can I fit in here? Or do, you know, will this make sense? Because the other thing is when you can see who else is doing it, you can try to figure out like, is there an opportunity to partner with them? Mm, okay. A lot of people see everybody as just, well, they're just my competition, but mm-hmm. sometimes partnership makes more sense because if you have a partner and that partner has been doing something longer than you, you can go in with that partner for a particular grant and here's what we're doing together. And it doesn't, you don't have to be doing the exact same service. You could also be looking at people who are doing services that are complementary to what you're doing and have that partner. So if you have somebody who, an organization who's feeding the homeless and you want to house the homeless, the two go hand in hand. Right. If you're providing medical services, well, you need people to provide the medical services too. All the people are coming over here to the soup kitchen or the food pantry partnering with them is a good way for you to find clients that you need to serve for your program. Um, And even with, even with businesses, it's the same way. So, you know, um, I have a group, another group that I'm in, I'm in like multiple, multiple uh, CEO kind of groups, but I'm in another one. um, And one of the ladies in our group, she makes, you know, spa type stuff. So she makes she does the body butters, the lip gloss, the body scrubs, all of that. And so we were talking to her recently about, well, 
go talk to the hair salons and the spas nearby. And you don't go in the first time, like, can I put my products on your shelf? But go in and start having a conversation. You never know what that could lead to. And she actually talked to one where they were like, well, why don't you leave some samples and we'll start giving them out where they gave her a little spot on the counter so she can put her cards in some different information. Now she's got a place where she may be available to come in and start selling her products out there and get new customers because she doesn't want to have a storefront right now. Mm-hmm. You know, right now she's, you know, if you order from her through her site, she's dropping them off at your house or shipping them to you. So, but that just having that partnership, looking out there and not, you know, just not saying I'm going to stay here by myself and just do that. Yeah, that makes sense. So let's dive into this. This is one thing that you see a lot on like the big business side, which is like, they'll have their for-profit element of their business, but they will also combine that with a nonprofit element. Um, And of course, people are like tech schemes and scams and the foundation and whatever. So can you explain how that is legitimately done and how we can use those same advantages as small businesses? Yeah. So there are businesses that will, like you said, they'll have that for-profit side. That is often for things that people, other people that are using those services or products can pay for. Um, Maybe they are, you know, a particular like medical group and they're providing services. They can bill insurance. So if you got health insurance, you can come in and get services. But they know there are it's all there are also a lot of people who can't who don't have health insurance mm-hmm. or if they have health insurance, it's so jacked up. They can't afford <laughs> to, you know, by the time you get done with the co-pays and deductible, they're like, I should have just stayed at home and, right. and, and dealt with this pain. Yeah. They will create a nonprofit side. They can get grant funding that helps provide free medical care to the people that can't afford it. Mm -hmm. Those two can operate as long as you're making sure, again, making sure all the ducks are in a row, making sure everything's legal, making sure you're not going, well, I'm going to take this money over here for the grant side and I'm going to pay for everything over here. I hope you look good in orange or in black and white stripes because <laughs> that's what you're asking to happen. No. Like that's like a good red flag. Like I'm gonna just move the money over here and how did I do this thing? And like, you know, I tell people all the time, get it right because I'm not going to jail for you. Speaking of this, this this brought to my mind the PPP. <laughs> mm. Have you had any, like, anybody come to you, talk to you about it, like, help, Mm -mm. sis, I've done too Mm -mm. much. No, you stayed away from it. I I stayed, I stayed because I wasn't even, I just didn't want to know. I wasn't even trying to to be in that space. Um, And that's the other thing is it's a loan. It's not a grant. I do grants. If you have to pay it back, I am not your person. I'm not tracking any of your expenses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm not tracking that even if I'm doing a grant. I don't I do not do grants management as a service. There are people that do. I've done that within, when I've worked within an organization, but as yeah. a consultant, I've, I personally find that it's harder to do when you're outside of the day-to-day okay. trying to do the management side of it. But yeah, I didn't, you know, I know I actually had a client who, did a PPP loan. They did it all on their own. They they figured it out with some other people because I don't do loans. And mm-hmm. knowing, knowing, like I said before, knowing your limits, knowing what you can and cannot do. 
Yeah. Like, I don't want to do this loan application, so I'm not going to do that. Like, we got, I mean, it could have been similar to doing a grant application, but I no, didn't want to find was, out. It was way easier. <laughs> it was definitely yeah. way easier than that. That's why you got all yeah. the people scamming and stuff and whatnot. Anyway, <laughs> the stories that I've seen are pretty funny, though, especially that one lady who was like, I can't afford to go to jail. I got kids. I'm like, you should have thought about that before you stole all this money. And she started to go fund me. I don't know if you saw that one, but she started to go fund me and people were like actually giving her money. She was like, I got to pay the feds back. <laughs> you got to Google it, Tiffany. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah. Just can't. Just see, there's, there's a special place for people. I mean, you know, that's the, the same thing happens sometimes with grants, unfortunately, because scam so the, so people. tell us about that. Like, scam, scam people will how? do what they got to do. <laughs> Right. How do they we, mean they will just come here? How do how do you end up like getting caught or messing up with like how do people normally mess up grant money and like lose their funding moving forward? What are some things that we could look out for? It's avoid? usually really dumb things, like because you know, stupid people like stupid. So they do really dumb things like I'm gonna we get grant money in for a program and you have you know the finance director is writing checks that are supposed to go for program stuff. And he's just writing these checks out to made up program people, program staff, consultants. I've seen that happen a lot where people are- What? That's they fraud. That's a fraud. That's going to jail today. That yeah, is you're going to jail today. Well, no, it was stupid to think you could get away with oh, it. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> and like- then you did it. No, no. But no, I've, I've, I've actually seen that happen where- I know of an organization where their leadership person in charge, that's literally what he did. He had these consultants <laughs> that were just people he knew and they were coming in and they were writing, they were saying that they were mentoring for this program or they were teaching this class or whatever. And they were drawing up little paperwork and they were submitting invoices and they were cutting the checks. And they were cashing the checks and they got to keep a decent amount of the money, but they were sliding money over to him for like a helping me out kind of thing. And the people that were supposed to be getting help weren't getting helped. How did he get caught? You got to tell us now. So he um, had all these checks going out the door and the people that were supposed to be getting the services with the grant funding and they also had some levy dollars that were coming in from the county. They were they weren't getting their services. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, people they it was time for their like annual report from their annual audit from one of their funders. And they came in and they, you know, they start off by looking at who you're serving. Well, things weren't like everything wasn't lining up. And then they start looking at your financial stuff. So they don't just come in and look at one portion. It's just like, you know, when the IRS comes in, they, don't, they, they start digging. And if things, you know, don't line up, they start digging even deeper. And right. so they started checking things like that. And when they started checking the, the you know, the, the checks and the, the ledgers and all of that, things weren't lining up. They had no proof of any services that the people who were coming in and getting paid as consultants, program leads, were even doing. And to add to it, the staff that actually worked and were going out every day, they weren't getting paychecks. 
No, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was bad. It was really, really bad. And so they ended up having like a lot of issues. Um, and he had some charges brought against him as well as some other folks. And so, you know, so, yeah. Okay. I'm glad you shared that story. So those of you that are listening, um, please don't make up fake employees. <laughs> so, right. so, I mean, if you, if you, you know, it's, it's like with anything, if you say you're going to do X, Y, Z, especially like, you know, with grants, if you say, I want, I need you to support this program, or I need you to support, I'm a business and I'm trying to expand and your money will help me hire some additional staff. It will help me purchase the equipment that I need to make the upgrades. It'll help me purchase new technology so that I can do things faster and more efficient, keep my sales, you know, my clients information secure, Mm -hmm. having all of those things. And then they give you the money and then you're like, well, I was going to do that, but instead I'm going to go over here and buy this timeshare or I'm going to, you know, support the kids college fund. Like, right. That's not how you support your kids' college fund. That's that's not what this is for. Exactly. And but you can include salaries, right? In the total amount yeah. that you request. So, so you don't even yeah. have to do that. No, it's like you can include salaries, but they still have to be one legit people, and they're yeah. not the whole salary. And they have to be people. Like if you're a nonprofit and you have a program, and you're asking, you're submitting a grant for that one program, and you have somebody that. Is not connected to the program at all. They work for you, yes, but they literally are not connected to the program. Like they are literally running a whole nother program. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <clears throat> you were talking about like having the LLC side in the in the nonprofit. Right. So if you have two sides that they talk to each other sometimes, but they may have programs or services that are not necessarily always connected. If you have somebody that works on your for-profit side that doesn't touch anything going on on the nonprofit side, like doesn't touch anything at all. And you submit a grant proposal for a program on the nonprofit side and you add that person in because you need to find some money to pay them. Like you just add, like they're not even tied. Then you, that's, that's that's why you can't do that. Mm -hmm. Or you have people that will say, well, can I add, you know, 50% 50% of my executive director's salary to this project grant. Are they working on the nonprofit 50% of the time? <laughs> and they might be working on the nonprofit 50%, but are they working on that particular program 50% okay. of the time? Mm-hmm. And, at an, and at an ED level, that depends on the organization. Mm-hmm. There are some organizations, I have some clients where it's the ED and like three other people. So yes, the ED is working on that. So for everybody who doesn't know, can you tell us what an ED is? Sorry, executive director. Okay. Um, so I, I, I have, I often uh, shorten things down to the acronyms because in the grants world, it used to be you could just write and write and write and submit all this stuff. And now a lot of the proposals are online applications, which used to be word counts and now they are character counts. So I can't always write out executive director because right. there are too many characters exactly. that take that up. Exactly, that over and over is taking up so, precious space. Right. I write it one time, 
Then we put ED in parentheses and we never use executive director again until I get to a new box. It gives me a whole new character set. <laughs> That's efficient. I like yes. it. <laughs> I do the same thing with the uh, company name or organization name. Yeah, like, that's a good it, idea. We can't have, you know, your name. If you decided to create a name that has like 12 words, we're not going to be using that every time because it will never fit in anything. And we won't get the grant. <laughs> Most that's, of it is just spent on writing your name. <laughs> yes. Yes. You won't tell so, them anything else. You just tell them your name. <laughs> Hi, my name is, can I have some, I can't even put how much I need. Anyway. <laughs> So, so for those that are looking to get started and just see what kind of grants are out there, do you have any like websites that they can go to and just check some things out? And then if they find something, can they reach out to you and say, Hey, I'm interested in this. Like, how does it work on you where you're actually researching grants for other people? So just explain those two. Yeah, so I do, I research stuff for other folks all the time. I have several clients where they pay me to spend time seeing what's out there that fits for them. Um, and others have come to me and they say, I would love to have you do that, but I only have enough budget to have you write for something that I get. So I am going to find the grants myself and then I'll bring it to you and tell you I want to go for it. When they bring, you know, one grant, five grants, 10 grants, I still look at each one mm -hmm. and say, do you know, do you really fit this? Does it work? Whatever. But if you're going to look for things on your own, there are a lot of there are a lot of free ways to do it. Um, there are also some paid ways to do it without hiring an actual consultant that you could do on your own. Um, I would, the first thing I would say is don't just go out and Google like grants for business because you will get overwhelmed. Yeah. There are people that tell me, oh, I just went in there and I typed in this thing and I got, you know. A couple million hits. Mm -hmm. We're going to apply for all of them. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> you, that, that would take a whole lifetime. But you have to figure out a way to like narrow it down. You can, I mean, if you did that, you, you would never want to go grants for business. You want to maybe go to narrow it down. But it makes more sense to, if you're a business, look for um, ways to find information in your industry. Okay. So if you are making body butters and lip gloss, then cosmetics, beauty industry, those are the types of things you want to look for. So where are those people getting information? Where's information shared? Is there a group? Is there like a newsletter somewhere? Is there an organization? Um, industry associations are wonderful for that. You can find information. Um most of the time, the newsletters are free. I mean, if somebody's paying, you, you got to pay to sign up for a newsletter. It really needs to be like worth it. And it needs yeah. to be, or it needs to be a really small amount because most newsletters are you just sign up, you're paying by giving them your email address and allowing exactly. them to put things in your inbox. And a lot of times they'll have that same information. Um, even business, um, business groups that are outside of your industry. Um, I'm on a couple where I get different newsletters and they'll add in there oh, this grant came out for minority-owned businesses, or this grant came out for women-owned businesses, or it came out and it's looking specifically for minority women-owned businesses. Mm -hmm. Finding out that kind of information. Your public library is a great place as well. Really? A, a lot of them will also allow you to look up information online. Uh -huh. So you don't even have to go to the library. You just go to their website and you can. they have research tools available to you for that. 
a lot of people don't know that you that you can get grants help from the library. They can. Help I did you not. I've, I've been sleeping on the library. I didn't know. Even yeah, the library is is good for that. I know, like here in Columbus, the the Columbus Library. And yes, I'm doing a little shout out to them, but they are really great for that. Like I've plugged like there's a site where you can click on in their research tools. It's grants, and when you go there, they have a couple of different services that you can access for free. So. Um, they off, they also offer access to some of the, the paid service grants, research services. Uh-huh. They will offer it to you maybe at the basic level if you have a mem- if you have a library card. You just use your library card and access it. You might get little information, but then you can take that and go look for it further instead of having to pay all the money you'd have to pay to have like a cert- a research service or something like that. Wow. But yeah, check check your library or go into the library and talk to somebody. There's usually somebody on staff that can help you. It's usually whoever's can assist you with research and they can point you kind of in the right direction. Um, but yeah, Googling it is not, not the way to go because you will either throw your phone or tablet or computer or you'll just sit in the corner and cry. You can give up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cry too. But, <laughs> it's not going to happen for me. I just give up. Right. Yeah. Definitely don't want to do that. Um, but you can also find somebody that, you know, will take take a look at those. Um, there are people out there that just, you know, they'll be able to help you look for opportunities. Um, but what I have learned over the years is that it's not just, oh, this opportunity is open and they fund businesses and they say you can ask for up to $250,000. Like, mm-hmm. that's a start, but you got to narrow it down a little bit more. Um, are they only funding businesses in a certain state or a certain city? Or do you have to be in existence for two, three, four years? Mm -hmm. If you're just starting out, why are you even looking at that? That's a waste of your time to apply to that or to pay somebody else to write it for you. And so I have had that happen where people come to me. I want this opportunity. And I'm like, "You, you, you don't even have that program. (laughs) that's not even something you do that's not a service you provide but they said I could get money no that's not how this works Mm -mm. I mean yeah you could if you met all the qualifications but you don't so you will not get money (laughs) I love your I wish we could like hear clips of your conversations I think they would be hilarious (laughs) no I I purposely do not record my meetings with clients um okay because No, everybody wants to know when the book is coming out. I'm not writing a book, but everybody keeps asking me, when am I going to write a book about the, I got to write the one about working within organizations first, then I can do the consultant. I think <laughs> that's a whole, that's a whole nother level of stories. <laughs> I bet I can only imagine. All right. So share with us, let's just say, okay, I Googled it. I did what you told me not to do. I couldn't find really anything at the library. Maybe I don't want to, I just want to work with you, Tiffany. Tell me, how can I work with you? What services do you provide and where people can find you at? Um, well, so I, the services that I provide are grants research, grant writing. So I actually write for those proposals that either I've looked for or you've looked for. Um, I do post-award reporting, which is mean after you get the money and after you spend it well and after you have tracked all the data, I will help you do the report that is a required submission to the funder. Every funder doesn't necessarily require a report, but a lot of them do. And usually the bigger the money, the bigger the report. 
or at least that there is a required report. Okay. So if you get federal money, you're going to write a report. <laughs> Sometimes more than one, like you might be doing monthly reports or quarterly reports or, or whatever. Yeah. But that's expected because with those you're usually asking for, like I did a federal report, a federal grant for a client a couple months ago, and the minimum ask amount was 500000 mm-hmm. So you know there's a report coming with that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But now if somebody says, we're going to give you $2,000 and we want you to write a report every month, like don't even apply to that. Just wait, like go for something bigger because that's a waste of your time. And it's also a waste of your time if you're paying somebody else to write it and it's only a $2,000 grant. You'll spend $2,000 having somebody write the report. Exactly. So, so, there's, so there's that. So those are all the different services that I offer. Um, so my website is tnoblesgrantconsulting.com. Uh, which is also the same if you want to find me on Instagram or LinkedIn, Facebook. That's it. I don't, I don't, I don't tweet. I barely do the other things so much, but I'm on LinkedIn all the time. Um, the website is also a great place. Um, I will say just in full transparency, if you are listening to this and you are looking for grants assistance before the end of this year, I'm probably not going to be able to help you. <laughs> because I'm right now at She's capacity. And busy, I am. I, I am. I am. That's booked. when you know you want her as a grant writer. She's yeah. booked and busy. No more capacity. So y'all need to slide I, in yeah. and be like, "Hey, if anything opens in January, please yes. save me something." So the the website actually, when you go to the website, you can schedule an introductory consultation. But right now, you cannot schedule that before January because I had to turn it off. Um, because there was no point in me taking call, taking calls and zoom meetings with people that I know I couldn't help them. So I just, I just don't. Um, but you know, or if it's just, I've had people that have reached out and they're literally like, I don't know that I need your services yet, but I just have a question. There are ways to contact me there. My email address is on there as well. Um, so you can always email me. Um, if you forget that I said I didn't have capacity until January, I'll remind you, but I can also answer your question. Um, I'm very open about, you know, here's my limits, you know, I have those boundaries and I try to maintain them. Um, but those are usually the, you know, the places, um, that people can find me. And if you can't remember the website or anything like that, if you just remember Tiffany Nobles, you can look me up, um, on LinkedIn and find me. You can also just type it in. There are a bunch of other Tiffany Nobles that I have found, but I make sure that my picture shows up with everything. So um, you usually be able to find me that way because there are some people that don't look like me that also have the same name. There's but a, they aren't it, Tiffany Nobles Grant Consulting. So they are not. Different. They are not. They are not. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's there, you know, different ways to, to find me. I'm also listing a couple of consultant directories. So okay. Well, thank you for sharing that. So I'm going to go ahead and put a link to her website in the description of the podcast so you guys can follow her. And if you want to slide into her messages, you can let her know. Put me on a put me on the uh, list for January when you pop back out. (laughs) And yeah, definitely follow her on LinkedIn. Reach out to her on Instagram and um, let her know if you're interested or if you just have a question. She says she will take your questions. Um, yeah. Don't go too far. We're trying to pick her brain though. Some of that stuff costs money. <laughs> Just setting boundaries right there. So we're going to go ahead and close out the podcast. But thank you so much, Tiffany, for coming a second time. I think 
it's only you and maybe one other person that I've had on here twice. So you know I love y'all. You came on here twice. You have so much value to give and bring, even though you give me side eye when I ask you. <laughs> I've moved beyond the side eye. I have moved beyond the side what, eye. What's, I forgot. Teeth? what's happening? Stop it. I I um forgot to mention that I also do grant readiness assessments. Yes. So that is a service that even though I may not have capacity for other things, I'm still doing those services. Okay. So if you're not quite sure if you can, <laughs> if you're really ready, but I also have a grant readiness guide that's on my website. So you can also download that and figure out the questions and all of that. It'll help you get where you need to be. Perfect. All right. So we're going to close out with our affirmations and you all can repeat after me. I am fulfilled, complete, and sufficient. I am fulfilled, complete, and sufficient. I am worth every dollar I command and then some. I am worth every dollar I command and then some. I release all resistance to my highest good. I release all resistance to my highest good. <laughs> think of what you said. <laughs> but you did it. You got it. All right, you all, that's the end of our podcast. I will see you back here next week.